We'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study. For December 29th, 2013, the next report, we're going to shift gears here. This is from Dave Hodges, The Common Sense Show, and it's entitled, A Devastating False Flag Event is Coming Our Way. Now, I say this because, I'm reading this because this provides a lot of cross-confirmation from previous studies I've done. If this is the only teaching I had on this subject, and this was all I had, I would say, well, it's just too isolated, I don't have anything to back it up or verify it. And But I've got a lot of other reports I've done which would confirm this, and that's why I'm going to go ahead and, and go over this, this um, report here. Um, he starts out by saying, I've been very busy this week and have learned that the same globalists who brought us the U.S. Gulf oil explosion are planning the next big false flag event. At present, I do not have all the facts, but a clear picture of what is coming is beginning to emerge. Now, remember also that the Illuminati will plan things out, and when things are leaked or things get out and people start praying about things, then things many times are derailed and diverted. I, I heard... I think yesterday in an interview that one of the top New World Order people had said that we're 10, behind, 10 years behind our schedule right now as far as what where they wanted to be regarding implementing the New World Order. I don't think 10 years is really enough because I really think they did want to make George Orwell's 1984 a literal reality to have that type of draconian society in 1984. Obviously, we're not even there yet and, you know, we're 2013 here, going into 2014. So, I would say, I think it's safe to say that they're literally decades behind. And I would attribute that to God's mercy, and people praying, and people waking up, and, you know, righteous people doing righteous things through the Lord Jesus Christ, things that have pushed back the evil, you know, and that only happens through knowledge of evil. You know, so again, you know, we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage of us. The more devices of Satan we're aware of, the less likely we are to be ensnared by those very things. We can be destroyed for lack of knowledge, but if we're aware of something, then we know what pitfalls to avoid. Which is a big reason for this ministry. He goes on to say, from two conversations I recently had, almost and almost three dozen emails. He's had three dozen emails from the Gatlinburg, Tennessee area. Now, I obviously, if you listen to my recent studies, we, we were just there not too long ago. And I received also more emails about that as well. So I can verify what he's saying here firsthand. And it another reason I'm reading this, because it really, really rang true as I read through this, because I literally was there. Taylor and I were both there. Um, he says, I believe we are on the precipice of a major false flag event, which will be used as a beta test. Now, what's a beta test? A beta test is something like they release software as a beta test and have a limited number of people use it and see what kind of feedback they get. Well, a beta test... Um, would be like in a in, in this particular case a beta test in a specific region of the country, not the whole country, because let's face it, 
the police state martial law all that thing all of these steps toward that have been implemented in a rollout incremental process meaning it hasn't been done all at once it would have been too hard for them to try to implement everything all at once all at the same time it's been incrementalism it's like the frog in the water in the pot and in in you you put him in a a, a lukewarm pot and he sits in the water and you turn it up to a slow boil and by the time he realizes he's boiling it's too late it's too late to jump out that's what they're trying to do to us well he's saying that a false flag event will be used as a beta test in order to test the DHS's Department of Homeland Security, which is Satan. It's like the private police force of the Oval Office of, of Obama. Okay? They're like the SS troops in Hitler's days. Okay? As a beta test, in order to test the DHS, their ability to conduct citizen roundups, detentions, and extermination procedures in response to a coming false flag event. The event will also greatly impact the ability for many to remain living in the Gulf of Mexico region. Now, this is, he's speculating, but this is what they're thinking, and and I wouldn't be one bit surprised if what they're saying does come to pass. It's got to go down some way. So, um, he says the Boston Marathon bombings were used as a beta test to see how people and the DHS would respond to the order to forcibly evacuate an area based on perceived threats. We are soon going to be witnessing the same thing in some undisclosed location in the U.S. However, before this article is completed, I believe I have been given enough information to give a general indication as to where this event will take place. However, I do not have a timetable, and I think that is because we have caught this coming plot in the planning phase. Therefore, we have a chance to stop it by exposing it. I would say the more important thing would be to be praying against specific things like this. Uh, Anyway, he says, I have had a source for nearly eight years that I have been broadcasting. He is a former high-ranking Air Force general who was forced to retire because it was determined by his superiors that he would not carry out a false flag-controlled weather earthquake attacks on the American people. Now, again, this is a big reason why we've seen a mass exodus of high-ranking military officials. They've been being weeded out, and particularly much more aggressively as of late, because they really want to get this show on the road, and they need to have all of the supposed bad apples gone, where they can insert their um, bought-off, satanically-filled uh, lackeys into those positions that will take and do whatever they're told. This is why this is all happening. So they, what they do is they put these generals in positions where they're forced to make some type of really, really unrighteous order, and when they don't do it, they said, oh, good, okay, we've weeded out another one. It's, it's all a process of elimination for the New World Order, for Obama, for Satan, for the DHS, and for the handlers of Obama, okay? So, again, I don't really think them identifying these generals frustrates the New World Order. It's just a matter of them weeding them out. And I believe all of these high-ranking generals are going to be put in these positions because they don't want to wait until, let's say, D-Day, the day they want to implement this, to find these things out. They want to know ahead of time. They want to get their people, their satanic whatever high-ranking officials pre-positioned 
ahead of time so that this will go a lot smoother. Okay, it would make sense from a satanic standpoint. So, going further, um, <clears throat> let me see here. Uh, I have, okay, going further, I'm sorry. I secretly met this person, this general, because we had a previous political issue in common, which was outside his role as a general. When he discovered that I had a radio show, first local and then national, he, be, he began to feed me information because he is very much opposed to what is coming. This is my source. He has proven impeccable time and time again. For example, he led me to the discovery that two of the four top commanders in the Middle East defied Obama and attempted to launch a rescue mission in order to save Ambassador Stevens. The attempt failed, but it was my first indicator that much, if not all, or most of the military is not on board with Obama, and a coup could someday be in the offing. Well, that that would be wonderful. The, I mean, if that was true, that the that most of the military is not on board, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know. That'd be nice with Obama. I, I would hope to believe it, but I think it depends what branch you're dealing with. Okay, right, I think certain branches are certain ones are better than others. Uh, according to him, by the end of this, I think the Air Force is at the bottom of the barrel. I think the Navy would be the second worst. Um, as far as knowledge base, as far as going along with the agenda. I don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody in those areas of the armed service. I'm just saying, from what I've seen from my research, it seems like the Navy and the Air Force are the two that are the least knowledgeable about these types of things we get into on a week to bi-weekly or, or uh, bi-monthly basis here on the show. So, um, he said, I had this information within 96 hours of Stephen's death. I hesitated to publish this, this event for a couple of weeks for fear I would be proven wrong. I changed my mind, and I was still the first in the country that reported this event, and I vowed to never hesitate on reporting this information again. Have you ever wondered why over 200-plus military command officers have been fired, and yet no one has... And no one officer has spoken about what lies behind this unprecedented purge. I've went over a lot of these in previous teachings. Then he goes on to say, Yet many are secretly speaking to the alternative media that I know, including to yours truly. They are not publicly speaking out because my source tells me that their family members have all been threatened. So that would make sense. They're all being threatened, so they've got to do this through covert means through the alternative media. My former Air Force general source introduced to me in the very early hours of December 21st, 2013, a general who was fired last Monday. His job, among other duties, was to coordinate the various National Guard units into a cohesive fighting force and to uniformly respond to a national threat. His performance reviews have been stellar. However, he has, he has seen an increasing DHS usurping of his authority over the last couple of years, meaning the DHS is starting to gain more and more and more power within the armed forces that they should not have. As he related to me, the major problem started when he was ordered by DHS to stand down and to turn over control of the National Guard Emergency Response Operations Planning to the DHS. When he refused to sign off on the transfer 
of operational protocols without the president's or a joint chief signature ordering him to do so, he was fired. He was fired by the DHS. Even though he wasn't a part of the DHS. How does that work? Since when does the DHS run the military? When he, um, As he was fired, he stated that he and his family were threatened if he went public. After sharing this information, both generals feel that a false flag weather earthquake attack will come to America. A massive earthquake along the New Madrid fault line is their top guess as to the general's location for a number of reasons that I'm going to lay out in the following paragraphs. Now, I've already reported on this many times that they have had the ability to control the weather, I would say since the early 70s, if not way further back than that. There's been literally statements released by top-level officials where they've they've admitted to this. I, if, if you want to know more about that, Kian... Search for my Avion flu presentation on YouTube, and there's a whole section there. It's like a 16-part. There's a whole section where I, that's all I talk about, is all of the weather warfare technology that's been in place by the government and the military for decades that they have openly admitted to in public documents. So that's not even debatable, that part. Um, going further, following the false flag event, select, selected local populations are going to be taken to public venues in the same manner as we saw in the Bo- Boston Martial Law Drill. I don't think that was at a very big level, though, like the Boston Martial Law Drill, but that also we witnessed in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. Now, that was a lot more large population. Although this false flag may only be a beta test, This general said he was able to obtain information that DHS expects to test the resolve of the occupation forces in the upcoming drill. What does that mean? My comment, from an incremental martial law police state rollout standpoint, this would make total sense, meaning they want to do this incrementally, they want to test the resolve of the local occupation forces, meaning the people that are Second Amendment, believe in defending their families, defending their homestead, believe in the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, believe in a right to self-defense. I think that's the resolve of the occupation forces that they want to test. And then, and then he says, do you remember at Denver's Operation Mountain Guardian, and I reported on this, the DHS hired mock parents who were told to beg for their kids from the guards at the Sports Authority field in Denver after they'd been given after they had been illegally taken by FEMA from the Denver Elementary Public Schools. This happened. I think it was like last year. I think it was in 2012. They were taken from the schools by FEMA to a sports to the Denver Mile High Stadium. And they hired mock parents who were told to beg to get their kids. I don't know why they need to hire mock parents when they had real parents that would do the same thing, I would imagine. I think some of them were hired, some of them were real, obviously. The guards at the Denver event were desensitized through this drill. Now it appears that perhaps the executioners will be desensitized through the upcoming false flag event. In other words, they want to make sure their executioners are on board with this. 
where they won't have any problems killing people or lopping off heads is what I think they're in reference to here. I'm sorry to be so like flippant about it, but I think that's what they're talking about. And then he said, yes, you read the previous sentence correctly. Subsequently, the general speculates that real executions may be carried out in selected facilities, and the public will be told that these people died as a result of the catastrophe. Perfect cover. What this general has pieced together seems to follow this scenario. A false flag event is carried out in the aftermath of an upcoming event in which localized, localized, not nationwide, but localized martial law is declared. Roundups will subsequently begin, and people will be ordered to report or forcibly taken to a public venue, such as an NFL stadium or a shopping mall. And just some Bible verses. Psalm 57, verse 1. This is when David fled from Saul in the cave, which is kind of like similar. You know what I mean? Like you'd be fleeing, you'd be in a position where you were possibly trying to flee from being taken, you know, by the DHS. And it says, Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. I will cry unto God, Most High, unto God that performeth all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up, like the DHS. Uh, and then it says, Selah, God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. Anyway, I want to just interject that in the middle of this, because this is pretty bleak stuff we're covering here. All three of us agree that the next group to test and desensitize would not be the guards, but the executioners at these camps. Armed with NASA target lists obtained from the massive spying, selected people could be selected and terminated. The general said their deaths could be tied to the false flag event, and the country would be none the wiser. The general said that since his departure, one of his subordinates discovered that some of the public venues have already pre-positioned military assets. I read a story the other day about um, Abrams tanks pre-positioned in California. These hikers were hiking up this mountain, and it was a mountain that had these, it was a, there was a road on the mountain, and it had these gigantic switchbacks. Um, switchbacks are when you just can't build, build a road straight up a mountain because the grade would be too steep. You have to like, kind of switching back, back and forth to go up the mountain gradually because the grade's too steep. Well, what they were doing is they were just cutting straight through, going straight up the mountain and cutting between the switchbacks, the roads, okay? And between one of these switchbacks in the forest, they found a Abrams tank sitting there with this camouflage they had never seen before. This was in the Sierra Nevada mountains. And it, I, I don't see how this could be, but it said that there were no tracks around it. And they thought it had been airdropped in there. I don't know what type of, of air airdrop you could use to airdrop an Abrams tank. That might be... But evidently, the, the guy that... Well, he was writing the article. He said he knew these people personally. They you know, did a lot of hiking. They were honest people. And you know, obviously, they had no hidden agenda. But they were saying that it looked like it had... you know. It wasn't dirty. It was. It was. It was like um, it was. It didn't look like it had been there a real long time, and they postulated that 
why would they want to do that? Well, they know that there's going to be a certain sect of the population when stuff starts to go down that are going to flee to the mountains, flee to, um, obviously, rural locations. If they pre-position military assets at these places, like this particular place, all you have to do is cut off one road, then, you know, it's already there. So anyway, I just want to throw that in there. Um, okay, so let's go further. Uh, let's see. Hence the reasons for speculation. I concur the next event will be the extension and bring this scenario to a whole new level than what we saw in Operation Mountain Guardian, which is the thing they did in Denver with the, with the children. One other significant detail emerged from the conversation in which it was revealed that some Tennessee National Guard personnel secretly moved equipment in conjunction with the DHS. These National Guard personnel are barred from speaking of this event, even to their field commanders. Where are they prepositioning these military assets? What kind of assets are they? I am not kidding when I state that speculation about the use of guillotines is being spoken of, although it remains a rumor at this point. The rumors about guillotines in official circles, however, are out there. Why guillotines? Um, well, the biggest reason, not only do we have the fulfillment of scripture in Revelation, but with guillotines, if they're going to harvest your organs, which, again, that's a gigantic global uh, nightmarish thing that goes on every day, harvesting organs. I, I just read the story, the last report, I think, where the woman woke up and they were literally starting to harvest her organs and she woke up and they declared her dead. And she wasn't dead. Oh, bummer. You know, we, we don't get to make that, you know, extra 70000 for that kidney or whatever we were going to get. Oh, man. How am I going to make my Porsche payment or whatever? Um, yeah, and she woke up. And this stuff happens all the time. This is why you never, ever, ever, ever be a, an organ donor. That's like, you, you go into the hospital anytime a healthy state and you're like a target for them. It's like vultures circling. So, you want to you wanna definitely avoid that. I mean, the, the, the show's coma. There was a series not too long ago and the one, the, the one back in the 70s was really inappropriate, a lot of inappropriate garbage in that. But those shows are really, really based on truth on a lot of stuff that they're doing, and, and, or probably it's way worse today. So, um, if, you, if you chop someone's head off, you preserve the organs, the integrity of the organs. You know, if you, if you gas them with poisonous gas, everything's ruined. Because those gases get into the bloodstream in the process of dying, and you ruin all the organs. If you give them a lethal injection, the lethal injection gets into the organs. You know, um, so again, they're, they're trying to look for the, their, what they're thinking the best way to, the most efficient way, I believe, to harvest organs. Um, anyway, let's go further here. I know this is a, like a lighthearted subject, so, um, so he says, rumors about guillotines in official circles are, however, out there. Why guillotines? Why are, why are the Muslims in Gatlinburg? Why are they in Tennessee? Because there's a lot of Muslims in Tennessee now. And what do Sharia law beholding Muslims do to Christians? <laughs> they chop off their heads. Okay? That's what the Bible, that's why the Quran, sorry, I said the Bible, but the Quran says to behead the infidels, to slay them, to kill them. 
the Jews and the infidels, the Christians. Um, just ask the Christians in Syria who are being beheaded by the thousands at the hands of Al-Qaeda, which we created in this country. Could they be practicing for what is coming here? Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah, sure, absolutely, that'd be part of their agenda. This general also thinks the Russians will be involved based upon several operation documents he has seen. I believe that Gatlinburg, Tennessee will be one of the sites from which the event will be coordinated. The adjacent, adjacent Smoky Mountains and National Forests in which massive helicopter sightings have taken place are pointing to the fact that Gatlinburg is a staging area. It, it all has elements in that the DHS has a presence as do the Russians and the Muslims. Let me put my speculation hat on. Are the DHS the masterminds? Are the Russians the transport agents and the guards at the venues? Are the Muslims the presumed executioners? I mean, it would seem plausible that that could be the case. Please look at the three emails at the bottom of this article about Gatlinburg, and please realize I have almost three dozen emails just like these. And again, I have gotten a lot of emails from my listeners regarding this type of behavior, not just from Gatlinburg, but from all around the United States. Remember those booksellers, too, that we were documenting, and they were they were all creepy booksellers of like from with like this you know Russian or Ukrainian descent, and they were all out there doing all type of intel. That that was happening. I don't know if it's still happening right now, but that was definitely happening as well. Because this is a breaking story. The pieces have not fully fallen into place. However, there is more regarding the Air Force owning the weather as a force multiplier. That was a title, Air Force owning the weather as a force multiplier. I was provided a list of documents loosely entitled 2025, Owning the Weather. The weather is a force multiplier in the manufacturing of earthquake-causing weapons. That was the title of it which details how the Air Force has long planned to enact earthquakes, hurricanes, and other weather phenomenon to bring part of the country to its knees. I am still processing these articles. However, at the conclusion of this article, I will post a copy and paste of an Air Force document which details how earthquakes can be used as weapons. Now again, that's been decades. Decades, decades, they've admitted to it. And um, I give you the link that he talks about. You can also do a search for my little teaching I did on that on it's in the avian flu presentation on YouTube martial law will be declared and the real agenda of using false flag weather events would be acted out the Air Force general has his recently deposed general friend call me this morning I was told that a false flag weather event is being planned now this is a false flag weather event okay being planned and then the National Guard coordinated response is needed However, it is now clear to the general that the National Guard will not just be involved in just delivering food. They will be involved in roundups, gun confiscations, and the Russians will be accompanying them. Now, I would think, though, that unless the National Guard was really, really, this National Guard was really, really hand-picked, they wouldn't want to go along with that. National Guard, I mean, or, I mean, like you could be working with them one day and, you know, they're like doing their training or whatever. I don't know, was it like once a month on a weekend or I don't know, whatever it is. To me, of all branches of the armed forces, I would think they would be the least likely to go along with roundups and exterminations. 
You know what I mean? Because, I mean, these are people that are, like, you know, maybe if it was a hand-picked select group, I don't know. But, anyway, um, the Russians could be accompanying them, meaning if the Russians see they're not going off the plan, they get offed. Or they say when all this goes down, and I've said this before as well, we've got your family. Oh, they're safe. You just need to do your job, soldier, in the National Guard. Oh, you'll see them fine. You'll, you'll see them fine if you do your job properly and do as you're ordered to do. You'll see them fine. Now, in that case, you've got a guy that it's like, okay, I round up this family or I don't see mine ever again. Huh. Well, that would be a tremendous motivating factor for a lot of people. People that would normally never go along with something like this will be coerced. A certain percentage of them will absolutely be coerced into doing this. So that's something to think about as well, as far as motivational factors. Uh, do you remember the FEMA bilateral agree agreement which placed 15,000 Russian soldiers on the ground to train with FEMA for disaster preparedness? Now again, I've covered basically all these stories. This connects a very big dot proposed by the general. The Russians have been training for these kind of events at Fort Carson as they have been seen practice, practicing policing activities at public events. In other words, they are being trained in the martial law and in the interaction necessary to deal with the American public. This is a very confirming piece of information as this is another large dot that can be connected. Although there is no timetable, my source felt as though it could not be over 90 days. Okay, again, but we I don't want to even put time time things on this because we've seen a lot of these timetables come and go. Sure, if they had everything go their way, but if this gets exposed to any kind of great degree, it will most likely push it out further, and ultimately, again, it's up to God. It's up to the Lord to, to um, intervene if he so chooses. But then again, that's up to us regarding prayer, I think, because prayer... Many times is the key thing that moves the hand of God. Not to say that it's the only thing that could, but it many times is a huge thing in regard to that, from a, even from a biblical standpoint. So, he goes on to say, I just completed a conference call and was told that there is a sighting of Peter Sutherland and he had a meeting with the Army Corps of Engineers in Alabama. When I heard this, I almost swallowed my tongue. I, I love that phrase. Why don't I use that more? I almost swallowed my tongue. And that's hard to do. That's not easy. Anyway, um, if this is true, the, the UN is going to be involved in what is coming. Peter Sutherland is the scoundrel that I identified as my chief suspect as to who was the mastermind behind the Gulf oil explosion. He is also the head of the U.S. Migration Council, which means he would be involved in the population transfers involving the U.S. citizens under the auspices of the United Nations. So, regarding this subject of the Gulf oil uh, explosion, uh, I posted the link to the teachings that I did on that. It was a big reason why we got out of Florida. And so, when he said that, you know, it really rang true as well. And I did a several teachings on that subject. And they're really... <laughs> Just as valid today. That, that problem never has been. They fractured the floor of the Gulf. And it was fractured. And, and you just cannot 
properly cap something like that. I'm not saying it's coming out like it was before, but the problem is it had a band-aid put on it, essentially. And it's tied in now with this whole New Madrid fault line, with the whole Louisiana sinkhole, salt dome things collapsing. All of this is is kind of... uh, could be used to trigger some type of cataclysmic event in that area. It's all set to do that. Uh, the whole area is very unstable. So, I give you a link to, to my teachings on that. And now going further, it says, read these articles, there's a link here, and you will see the dots begin to connect on the information that I have provided. The relevant part begins with Peter Sutherland, which is about three-fourths of the way down the page. If you don't read the article, you will be missing the underlying events and players. I give you that link or he gives you the link that I have here. And it's about depopulating an entire region of the country. So I don't have time to get into that today, but the link's there if you want to explore that further. Um, it's going to be on about page 10 or 11. So, after reading this article, I think readers will quite see quite clearly on why this event is likely to be in the New Madrid Fault on the southern end, because it will greatly impact the Gulf. Kind of like what I was just saying. I think that this is the second punch of a one-two punch which started on April 20, 2010, which was the Gulf oil disaster, and which was designed to depopulate the Gulf. Did you know that from the article that Sutherland is a Bilderberg Council member and the former head of the European Division of the Trilateral Commission, two high-level Illuminati organizations, in other words. He worked for BP and Goldman Sachs before the Gulf explosion. Goldman Sachs facilitated the money movement between the four major players prior to this event, which demonstrate that this was a conspiracy of the highest order. In a conference call I was on, I thought I recognized the voice of one of the participants of these four. Uh, Do you remember when Jesse Ventura interviewed a a man named Cy Reese, or a woman woman named Cy Reese, and her assistant from the Army Corps of Engineers on the Conspiracy Theory show, Show? I am really good with voices, and I swear that voice was that one was of that was that of the of his assistant or her assistant. In Jesse's interview, it was revealed that Jesse had a document from the Army Corps of Engineers which showed that the Army Corps had been given forty billion dollars to evacuate the Gulf. I found the document on the website of the Army Corps in Mobile, Alabama. However, the document is now classified. As I stated, one of the voices on the conference call sounded like Cy Reese's assistant, but he refused to identify himself. This former Army Corps official stated that when he objected to the manner that the coming evacuation was going to be conducted, with none of the citizens being allowed to take personal possessions as they are ushered out of their homes, just like they were in the aftermath of the Boston Marathon bombing or Katrina, he was fired. Doesn't this match what many of us have been told about the fact that the Russians have been promised the, quote, booty from the homes that are evacuated? Meaning they get to go in your home and keep whatever valuables they find as part of their payment. Uh, This is another dot connected. I have long said that the Gulf was going to be depopulated to make room for the energy companies, such as the algae farms being invested in by Soros, Gore, and company that are being developed in the Gulf. I think that this coming event is a preemptive event designed to test evacuation and detention procedures, as well as to test the entire scope of the operational plan, including the plan to execute identified dissidents and allow Russians to loot their homes. 
I would encourage everyone to read my seven-part series on the golf, as you will see how close I was much of this much of this three years ago. And again, he says simply Google Dave Hodges, the Great Gulf Coast Holocaust. And again, you can see my teachings, which I posted a link for, which will further confirm that whole thing. Um, so, anyway, that's how it all kind of ties together. You'll also learn how to use the oil dispersant Corexit. You also learn how the use of the oil dispersant Corexit was used as opposed to other agents. It ties into the depopulation plans for the Gulf. Before you write me and tell me that the New Madrid fault line is far removed from the Gulf of Mexico, you need to consider that it's not so far removed as you might be aware of. Jack Reed, who is a retired Texaco geologist, geophysicist, who has studied the geology of the Gulf of Mexico for over four decades, um, he states that the Gulf of Mexico is tectonically active and that the Gulf of Mexico is the source for most seismic activity along the New Madrid fault line, despite the fact that the New Madrid fault is over 200 miles away at its southernmost point. Reed further stated that there is a definitive evidence that the New Madrid fault zone is directly connected to the deeply buried tectonics in the Gulf of Mexico. Therefore, an earthquake in the New Madrid fault line would have catastrophic consequences all the way to the buried tectonics in the Gulf of Mexico. Clearly, BP... Uh, British Petroleum upset these deeply buried tectonics with the explosion and unleashed all that oil into the water table and sediment levels inland. This is a train wreck waiting to happen. After I discovered that the Gulf of Oil explosion was a false flag event, I said there would be a, there would be a follow-up event. This is just the predicted follow-up event. I think it is logical to believe that there will not be just one earthquake event. I would bet on several earthquakes, with each being more severe than the previous. We already know that the salt domes in Louisiana are collapsing under the stress, um, and they give you some evidence below here. Um, we've talked about that as well. The salt domes are collapsing. There are parts of Louisiana that are falling apart. The earthquake that is coming could be a knockout punch. If you mix in harp produced hurricanes, you you may have a quite quite a mess. Well, also or harp generated earthquake or harp generated whatever. Um, or whatever other uh, method they would use to control the weather or the earthquakes and things of this nature. The globalists usually make, don't usually make one-dimensional plans. What we see here is the beta test for evacuations, roundup, and possibly worse. We also see a geographic area the globalists would like to depopulate, namely the Gulf, so that they can make it their cap-and-trade energy hub in a brilliant plan. However, the evacuation plan is not yet implemented um, and which means that we can stop it by exposing this planned event. This is, if this is not the knockout punch for the Gulf, it is the precursor event. My advice to everyone is to prepare a bug out bag because we cannot be absolutely sure that this event will not take place as I have identified. Under no circumstances should you agree to get on an evacuation bus and report to a public venue. I would ask you to read this article, there's a link to it here. And um, to see why you should never report to a public venue for help or to get on a bus which will take you to a public venue for help. If you go, you may not come out alive. Finally, the Air Force is clearly complicit in all of this. I was afraid of this development in that the military would bifurcate and fight each other. This is bad, very bad. The Navy, Army, and Marines are clearly opposed to Obama, but apparently not the Air Force. They have to know 
how these weapons are going to be used. Because of this breaking story, it is not coherent as I would like. However, I felt an important and possible urgency of this message outweighed the need to professionally prepare the information. I think the event is in the planning stages, but one cannot be sure. You, you however, have been warned. Um, and these are some sample emails. These are three out of the 34 emails he's received about the Gatlinburg area. And again, I received a whole bunch, plus I went there personally. So I can verify that, I mean, virtually every worker that worked there when we went there this last summer, if they were in a job that did not require an extensive knowledge of some product line, like, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example. If it was a service type industry job, okay, that would be easy for even for them to train a foreign worker that maybe didn't have the best of English to do. And some of them, I mean, they all spoke English. It's just that, you know, I'm not saying they all spoke perfect, you know, uh, English, where to know all the nuances and stuff of that nature. Every single place we went there, they were all foreign. And they were all like, you know, like you would think... Eastern Bloc, Ukrainian, Russian. That's kind of the, the, the feeling I got. And they were basically across the board. You know, it's not like they were happy-go-lucky. They weren't singing zip de doo da They weren't, like, friendly, you know. It was kind of almost like you got the feeling like they were tolerating you. You know? Did you kind of get that feeling? Yeah. Like, you know... We kill you soon, you know. It was kind of the feeling you were, sorry, it's the feeling you were getting from them. So any anyway, we we had firsthand knowledge of this. I saw it with my own eyes. Taylor saw it with her own eyes. It's not our imagination. Very, I don't know, creepy. Here's the first one. Oh, he gives a link to this partial copy of the Air Force owning the weather earthquakes in 2025. There's a link to that. Here's the first email regarding the whole Gatlinburg thing. Um, it says, Dave, I actually live in Bozeman, Montana. My mother's family lives there. Grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, etc. Um, I think when they say lives there, mean Gatlinburg area. I have confirmed that the Russian soldiers arrived in droves over the last three years. Also, a large segment in the rural, rural counties have seen the Russian mafia buy up land and homes. I told a DEA agent about the Russian mafia scaring the locals about five years ago, and they successfully had a couple drug raids. Tennessee is becoming more Muslim. That's true. No doubt about it. Um, my parents lived in Franklin about... You see, you would think, though, if they were going to have a staging area where they wanted to, to gather a lot of wicked, evil people, like these Russians that are going to do the debating of the New World Order, like the Muslims, you would want them to be in close proximity to one another so that they could work with each other because there's strength in numbers. So, anyway, Tennessee is becoming more Muslim. My parents lived in Franklin about two years ago and tried hard to fight against the mosque that was being built in Murfreesboro. They became disgusted and moved back to Phoenix. Here's another one. Dear Mr. Hodges, we live some miles away from Gatlinburg, very close to the boundary of the Great Smoky Mountains and National Park. Twice in the last two years, we've heard very loud helicopters pass right over our house on a heading through a gap in the mountains on a heading directly into the park. This happened first around 9 p.m. I did not manage to get a visual sighting. Several days later, we had a very heavy fog, and around 4 p.m., a helicopter, some noise 
the same noise signature flew through the fog at treetop level. I suspect this route was chosen to avoid Tyson McGee Airport radar. Next time this happens, I will do my best to get a visual sight. Now remember, this is only three of 31 emails he's got about this. I got a whole bunch of emails regarding this, and also we went there and confirmed it. Another one. Dave, just listen to the show on Hagman and Hagman. I am from Knoxville, Tennessee, and now live in Nashville. Uh, but I still have family that lives close to the Gatlinburg area and some friends there, too. I have had many reports there are Russians even working now in restaurants there in Pigeon Forge. Yeah, I can confirm that. They have also been known to stop people driving in the mountains and question them. This has been going on for a long time, and they are still there. I have been in Nashville since 1970. Before, even before I moved here, there were reports of things going on up there in the mountains. I had friends. And remember, this, this is a UNESCO area. This is a UN designated biosphere area, UNESCO, all the way back to the 70s, okay, the UN has claimed that whole area, this whole Great Smoky Mountain National UN biosphere, I remember when there's, a, if you go to Gatlinburg, there's a, um, it's like a, I don't know, you won't, I won't call it a space needle, but it's this thing, you pay like, I don't know, five bucks or something, and you get on this elevator, and you go into this, it's like an arcade, but you, you pay the guy in there, you get on an elevator, and it takes you up to the top, okay? And on the top, it's like a Space Needle-type lookout. You walk, and it's just it's just like a, a little metal railing, you know, separating you from plunging, you know, I don't know, three or 400 feet to your death, essentially. It's not, you know, if you're afraid of heights, then I wouldn't advise it, but there's a big, huge plaque there that I read when we were when we were there. And it goes into this whole thing about how that, and I'm sure you could find it online, but how that area has been designated, and it gave all the dates and all the stuff about UNESCO and United Nations Biosphere and World Heritage Site and all that garbage. Okay, so this would be a perfect place to stage this kind of thing as well. So I, I just, I wanted to throw that in there as well. So, um... Uh, let's see here. I had friends that flew helicopter tours of the mountains, and there were no fly zones from helicopter tours. There was no fly zones. Okay, that's weird. And, and I mean, in a, in a national park. And they said that there were troops of some kind back up in there, and they didn't want anyone to see. Well, they have these gigantic dumbs, these deep underground military bases, where they've got a lot of these troops that they've already prepositioned over here, they're self-sufficient, self-sustaining to a certain extent, and they can keep them underground, and again, if there's no fly zones, then they can bring them above ground and do their maneuvers or whatever under the cover of the forest and these types of things without anybody ever really knowing. There's whole sections of the park that are off limits. And you just have this na this government shutdown that happened not too long ago where they shut down all the national parks for well, I don't know, it was a couple of weeks, but who knows what they might have maybe needed that for regarding maybe bringing more things into those bases, regarding maybe prepositioning more troops there, whatever. But I, that was one of the first things I thought of when they shut down all the national parks for that time period. What are they going to, and you couldn't get into the national parks. The New World Order always has an agenda with whatever they do, and I think they use that time in order to maybe have some unfettered, un, unhindered time where they could literally do whatever they wanted to do in the parks without having prying eyes see what they're going to do. I don't know. That's my theory. I'm throwing that out there. But to me, it would seem plausible. 
Um, there were no fly zones on these helicopter tours. They said that there were troops back there and, um, and that they didn't want anyone else to see. So we're talking, this was 45 to 50 years ago, he said. The man writing this says, I'm 71 now. Just thought I would, I would, you'd want to know about this and maybe you already know. So this has been going on there a long time. Okay, this build up to this. Uh, and then he just came out with another report last night, which is entitled Third Wave of U.S. Martial Law Mass Detentions. And it reiterates what we just talked about and goes a little bit deeper into some of the specific areas. So we, we have that. Now, um, the next thing, um, had a listener email me and said, have you found your topics to be dangerous? Or have they got you in trouble? I would be terrified to speak of some of the things you say. I guess you have God on your side protecting you. I mean, I, I can remember when I went on that tour, uh, that 14 city tour back in 06 and the Avion flew, and just the stuff I said in the PowerPoint presentation, which, I mean, it was like a lot like what we just talked about in the last segment. And I would have people coming up to me, I mean, almost shaking. And they would shake my hand. They're like, "Oh, bless you!" And uh, I'm praying for you. And I'm, I'm really scared for you. Know, and they'd be all like, just scared to even shake my hand and stuff. And I'm like, man, I mean, uh, God, God protected me. I mean, it, you don't, you don't got to be afraid for me. It, it's cool. I mean, you know, I'm not anybody special or whatever. I, I don't, I don't want you to, you know. I, I kind of felt bad, but that happened in a lot of the cities that I would go to. And I, I never really experienced that before, up until that point, you know, because I hadn't ever done any type of speaking where I talked about a subject like that. And my response to this man was, thank you, all I can say is the Lord Jesus Christ has protected us. I should have been murdered a thousand times over doing what I do. Um, I had a very wise Christian intercessor lady tell me a long time ago, with the ministry that God has called me into, which is exactly this ministry, um, and whatever he has for me in the future, with this ministry that God has called me into, uh, now this was long before I ever even went online, okay, but I knew I was, I was moving in this direction though, that unless I had a lot of prayer going up for this ministry and my family, I would not survive. We would not survive. Um, uh, so I was told that a long time ago. Uh, and that's always stuck with me. My listeners are faithful to pray in this regard, and I believe it has made all the difference. I had a very high level witch threaten me a few months back with the most horrific death threats you could possibly imagine. That was the lady that, and I said this woman was no joke, I could tell by the way she talked and the credentials she listed. She was the one that, that said, oh, you little peon, I'm gonna, whatever, I'm a member of the Golden Dawn, I'm a member of, the, of, of I practice... I don't know, hermetic Crowleyan magic, ceremonial, I mean, the really high-level stuff that, that takes a lot of... She says, I'm going to summon every witch on the, in the United States, and we're going to come down on you, and you're going to wish you were never born, and all these threats, and I, I just... I basically told her to bring it. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm like, bring it. You think you think that you can you can bring a railing accusation against God? I mean, I'm not God, but I'm saying that, that essentially she was bringing a railing accusation against God because she was saying that she was so much more powerful. Her and her witchcraft magic. 
than anything any mere Christian could ever call upon. And then I'm going to be quaking in my boots and she's going to shut my mouth and do all these things to me. Bring it. I was right back in her face. You think you can do it? Go for it. I mean, I'm right here. I'm not backing down. And I flat out told her that, rebuked her in the name of Jesus Christ, and came on, told my listeners, nothing happened to me. Nothing happened to us. We're fine. I've had so many witchcraft, threatens, attacks, all kind of... I'm not saying stuff hasn't ever got through, but I believe God lets that happen many times to build your faith and to test you. I mean, you go through that kind of stuff, you're only going to be more fired up for God afterward. From what I... From my experience, when you see evil overcome, you will only be more fired up for the Lord. Because you really know, it's like you, you're living where, who really has the true power? It's not anything about me. Apart from Jesus Christ, I'm nothing. I know that. Now, if I ever started to think that I am really whatever, I, you know, then I believe I would, I would lose, or start to lose the protection the Lord has afforded me. Because pride goeth before a fall, and a haughty spirit before destruction. And no flesh will glory in God's presence. So you have to maintain humility. You have to maintain who is the source of your protection. <laughs> you can't go and act like, I'm doing this because I'm so big and bad. That if you start doing that, man, you are toast. you got to be really careful that you don't let pride well up. When you see God intervene and start thinking that you're something, and I'm really special because God's protecting me. Uh, I don't, don't go there either. Because that's just as dangerous. So, um... Anyway, um, nothing happened to me and my daughter or this ministry. I told that witch to bring it, and we will see who's the last one standing. I never heard from her again. I, I sent her a really ex- extensive reply. I never heard back. Anyway, um, she said she was going to mobilize a ton of high-level witches in America to destroy us. as so She was in Germany, but nothing ever happened. A witch was able to astral project into my house about six months ago. And I was asleep. One of the few times I was asleep and my daughter was up. And she saw him, literally, uh, in some type of, like, vision-y type form, coming toward her. And she asked God what to do. And the Lord said, cut his silver cord. And she did. And she literally saw his face in total terror for about one to two seconds as the silver cord was cut, and he was being thrust down into hell. Yeah, that happened about six months ago. I mentioned a little bit, Taylor didn't want me to say anything. I'm like, yeah, but, I mean, the Lord let you go through that. I mean, that's going to be a tremendous faith builder to other people. She didn't want anybody to think she was bragging about anything. And I'm like, it's not about that, man. It's like, man, praise God. I mean, it's sad the guy went to hell. But his, his fate was already sealed, most likely. You know what I mean? I mean, he had already made his choice. You want to astral project in here? And I don't know, if you're not aware what astral projecting is, it's, what, it's the whole thing, you ever see the witch on, on the broom? Okay, that is symbolic of, witches typically don't really literally ride around on a broomstick. I'm not saying that there's witches that couldn't do that through enough demonic help. Okay, I'm not saying that couldn't happen, but typically when you see the whole thing, 
witch on a broomstick, full moon on Halloween night, with a black cat in the background, what that is symbolic of is a witch astral projecting. It's where they're literally, they go into a, like a trance-like, sleep-like state, and they go out of their body. And they could go like thousands and thousands of miles out of their body. And many times they have an assignment, we're going to go kill somebody, we're going to go try to whatever, scare somebody, whatever. And they'll do this, and they'll try to assassinate people, or poison people, or scare people, or whatever their, their assignment is. Maybe even try to seduce, like a incubus, or a succubus type spirit. So that happens. I mean, it's, it's well known. It's, it's not quite the same as remote viewing. Remote viewing is where you're actually in your body and you're demonically trying to see what's going on in another part of the world. Astral projection is literally going out of your body. From what my research has been is that it, it ages you incredibly quickly if you do. It's incredibly hard on the body because it's not normal. We're, we're not meant to have our, our soul separated from our body. Now, if you ever saw the Shirley MacLaine episode where when she got really, really super new age, I remember this a long time ago when I was a little kid, and she asked, she was astral projecting her whole new age thing. This was on like TV, like regular TV, and it showed her going out of her body, and she had her connecting to her body, this silver cord. It was shown in this show about Shirley MacLaine. Maybe you could find it online somewhere. And it showed her, if I recall right, she literally went above the earth and she went all the way to the dark side of the moon. And that's as far as she could go. There, was, there were boundaries to the silver cord. Okay? And then it showed her coming back. And the silver cord was connecting her body to her soul spirit that was astral projecting. In this particular instance, if she was being honest, she wasn't really doing anything evil. She was just whatever, out-of-body type of thing. Now, what does the Bible say about this? Well, the Bible speaks of the silver cord. Okay, Ecclesiastes 12.6. This is regarding death. If you read the whole context of the verse, it's talking about death. Okay, And it says, it's going over all these different scenarios of death. It, and here's another one. Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. Okay, so in other words, silver cord being loose, golden bowl being broken, pitcher being broken, or broken wheel at the cistern is all symbolic of death. If any of those things ever happen, it says, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. It means you die. And the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. It's death. The silver cord, which Taylor cut that night, because I told her about it, and then God spoke it to her. She cut it, and then she saw the guy's face in abject tear for one to two seconds, <laughs> because he wasn't expecting that. He was coming here for me, which I wish he would have found, I mean, I just get so fired up when you even bring up these subjects. I just... Uh. See, to me, this is more real than the present world that we're really living in. There, there's so much stuff in this present world that really, from a heavenly or hell standpoint, is not going to matter when everything's said and done. 
when everything's said and done a thousand years from now, what's really going to be important is who made it to heaven and who's in hell. I understand, yes, there's rewards and things of this nature in heaven and punishments in hell. True. But those are the two main factors. And, and this, to me, is very, very, okay, now we've got good versus evil here. I'm not saying that we're perfect by any stretch. But the Lord let her go through that to build her faith. I'm convinced. You know. And, um, yeah, she saw his face and uh, that guy died. Where, wherever he was on this planet, I would guarantee you he died. You know. I don't know who it was. Some witch. We were having a lot of... Um, this was, I think, uh, before this other witch from Germany even started to mess with us. So, you know, you want to ask for projecting here, you you better be prepared. You better be prepared to meet your maker. Or well, actually, you're not going to meet your maker. You're going to meet... <laughs> you're going to meet a lot of devils and demons and fallen angels. You're going to be separated from your maker for all eternity. You know? So I'm not saying this to brag. I mean, I didn't even do it, you know. But you have that same power as well. Just remember, you just have to have the faith to exercise it. You get into one of these situations where you're facing pure evil. Whether and I don't know how this may manifest. You, I don't don't think that all the stuff Hollywood's done over these years is for nothing. How they've rammed this whole vampire werewolf agenda down our throats. Can't tell me nothing's going to come of any of that. The whole UFO agenda. The whole evil agenda. The shadow people. Ghosts and goblins and demons. All of these shows are done and put out there to instill fear in you regarding these things. To make you think you have no power over them. And the reality is if you have the faith to believe it, you could have total power over them. Now, yeah, if you've got a ton of open doors in your life and they have a right to be there, that's a different deal, you know. But um, if you're if you're right with the Lord and you start to engage these things or these black-eyed children, man, I'm just waiting. I'm like looking for this. I mean, I, I've wanted. I mean, just can supernatural. I've went and sought these things out. I really feel like that's where I'm in. The rest of my life after this internet thing is, is after this ministry is over, because let's face it, it's going to come to an end. It could come to an end tomorrow. You know? I really feel like that's where I'm going to spend the rest of my life, engaging in those types of things. I've felt it for ever since I've been a little child. Not because I'm better, but again, we're all called to different things, and there's a time and season for everything, and I feel like these days are going to be here very soon. And I just don't feel like there's, because of the 501c3, they've so ill-equipped the body of Christ to, uh, to deal with these eventualities that, that would happen. I just feel like God would want us to engage evil at some point. Not, not to be evil, but to engage it, to fight it. You know, to not cower down to it. You know, because, trust me, evil will feed off your fear. If you are fearful of these entities, pray for more faith, pray for more strength, pray that God would strengthen you, pray God would give you more courage in the day of battle. You know, you may not ever encounter these things outside. You may encounter them 
um, like on your knees in prayer. You make me, you may you, like travailing in prayer type of thing. You know, so everybody's different. The body of Christ is different. There's going to be people that are literally called to engage these things. There's going to be people that are called to engage them in prayer. There's going to be people where this isn't going to be the thrust of their ministry because it's the body of Christ and every part has a different function. So anyway, I just want to say that, but particularly in light of what I just talked about, because that was, you know, kind of some depressing stuff, and um, that there is precedent for this in the Bible. Now, I'm going to go ahead and part, in part, I think this is part three, and we'll finish up with some, actually it's 24 pages of cost-effective, powerful detoxification regimes. I'm just going to hit the high points on this, and um, we'll go from there.